0: All right. Well, welcome, everybody, to Chase Oaks Church. It's really good to see you, whether you are here at our legacy campus at one of our other campuses in the Dallas area at our partner church in San Antonio or whether you're online. uh, Really, really glad you're here. We're going to start a new series. Before I say that, let me also say that uh, this weekend, something really cool is happening. And that is on Sunday at 11 o'clock, Starts something new at our legacy campus at the 201 building, which is our youth building We are starting a new service that is Mandarin speaking. So there's uh, in the Plano area, there's a a huge number of uh, Mandarin speaking Chinese uh, 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 people who are here and moving in to our, our community. One of the fastest growing ethnic groups in our area for a long time have been people from China. And so this is an opportunity to reach people that we I'm not very good at Mandarin, so uh, that they, they aren't very comfortable in, in as uh, English speaking. So um, so if you know people, if you have neighbors or whatever, let them know about it. Uh, and it already had a great start. Like they did a, a classical concert last Sunday night as a way to kind of kickstart things, had about a thousand people there. And so uh, anyway, there's a yeah, it's really cool. So be, uh be praying for that invite. Uh, there'll be a number of people who uh you know a lot of people will will do, be doing the same sermon series because for a number of people it's like they they may come to our english speaking services but their parents more comfortable in the mandarin service and that way uh, at lunch and whatever we can have the same conversation so anyway there's uh that's going on so that's great well today speaking of sermon series we are starting thank god it's monday uh, about work and what the Bible says about that and how we can flourish in the workplace. And I have to admit, though, that thank God it's Monday it doesn't quite roll off the tongue like thank God it's Friday. Right. Um, or it, it, we have all these, expo- you know, like uh, it's five o'clock somewhere. Everybody's working for the weekend. Right. And and the, the idea in our in our culture it's just natural. Right. Is the more we can wiggle out of work, the better that it's not like we live to work. We work so that we can live, so that we can do stuff. And the ultimate picture of the American dream isn't getting a job. The ultimate picture is being independently wealthy so you don't have to have a job, right? So you can say goodbye to all the poor suckers who are still in the workplace and you're, you know, and you go off in your Bermuda shorts to the beach or whatever you do, play shuffleboard. And that's kind of the ultimate picture of the American dream. Like the person who won the lottery a couple of weeks ago, over a billion dollars, I mean, if you were that person and you won over a billion dollars in the lottery, would you keep your job? <laughs> Probably not. Right. Uh, I, I doubt it. And because, again, you know, the idea is that work, it's easy to see work as sort of a necessary evil. It's like something you have to do so that you can put bread on the table so that, you know, you, on the weekends you can live life, go, go on vacation, do what you want to do. But it's kind of a necessary evil. But in this series, what I hope will happen, and we'll talk about why work is frustrating and all that. We'll acknowledge it. But in this series, we're we'll going to be talking about how instead of seeing work and experiencing work as a necessary evil, see it as a necessary component to a life of flourishing, and actually, really, an important part of life. The way we're designed, and and a something that can bring joy and significance and meaning, depending on how we view it how we go through it. We'll be talking about that in this series. And for some of you hearing that, that's a real stretch to think, Hey, look, and there's nothing wrong with, thank God it's Friday. I mean, weekends are great, but it's a stretch to think, thank God it's Monday. will ever be, you know, your mentality just like, man, you don't know where I, wow. You know, I don't know some of you that's not hard at all. Cause you love your job. I mean, we just saw the video of Stephanie, you know, she loves her job as a realtor. Like some of you love your job. And it is always cool, right? When you see somebody who loves what they do, Who's really, really good at what they do. They're doing their thing. They're doing it well. They love it, especially when what they do is cool and you get to see it. You're like, wow, that's amazing. And I want us all to experience that. That's why the band is still up here on stage, because I asked a friend of mine. We have so many great musicians in in our church at all of our campuses. But I asked one of those, a friend of mine, Domino, who is so good at doing his thing. If he would do his thing for us and uh, and and sing a song about that, it's Dear Mr. Fantasy, which is about a person who is so good at what he does. It brings pleasure to everybody who engages that. So can we welcome Domino to the stage? <laughs> now, wouldn't it be awesome to be able to do that? And uh, I, I want to, that's my ambition is grow up one day and be Domino. So I've been practicing. I got my new guitar and uh, you ready for this? It's, it's a little hard to hear. It's not as loud as Domino's, but here we go. Can you hear it? Yeah, that's pretty good. All right. OK, so I got some work to do. And obviously, that's not my thing. Never will be my thing. You know, I, I've tried. I can play a few chords on the guitar, but I'm never going to do that. But that's OK, right? Because that's his thing. You've got your thing. I've got my thing. That's what this series is about. In fact, Jesus, uh, toward the end of his life, was able to say this in John 17 as he was talking to God, uh, the father. He said, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And all of us are on this planet, not without thought. God thought about you. He created you. He designed you and me to engage, not just in church stuff. But engage in vocation in our work in, in, in a way that can progress his creative mission, as we're going to talk about his, his creation mandate to help life flourish on this planet. And for all of us to participate that and it's the only way we can flourish, too, is if we're engaged. And so today we're going to start out this series each week. We're going to talk about what that looks like and what that can mean. It'll be important to come to each week of this series to be able to kind of put the whole like all of the little pieces together. But today we're going to start by elevating our perspective about work, whatever you do, whether you work at home as a mom, whether you uh, volunteer, you don't get paid for what you do, but you're engaged in making our world better for the, whatever job you have. If you're a student at school, however, we approach that to elevate our perspective to have a, to go back to work with an elevated sense of purpose. And to do that, we're going to go all the way back to Genesis, all the way back to the beginning of creation to tell the story of work that we're still living out and where we fit into that story. We all like stories, right? You want to hear a story? So we're going to tell the story of work in Genesis. So we're going to start in Genesis, uh, really chapter two and well, chapter one, actually. And here's the story. So it starts it's in phases. The story of work starts at creation that you and I are designed to partner with God in the ongoing work of creation in helping life flourish on this planet the way God intended when he created it. So going back to Genesis, you know, what you see right away is that God is working. You know, he works for six days, rests for seventh day. He is a worker. It's interesting even that the word used for work in Hebrew is the normal word for work. It's not like he's some supervisor up in heaven in a corner office shouting orders. The, the word is like physical labor. Like he's rolling up his sleeves, getting dirty, getting to work. He's a worker. And at the end of every day, every, every one of those work days, he looks back with satisfaction and says, this is good. Until he gets to human beings. And you know what he says then? And this includes you as a human being. He, look, he would look at you and say, this is very good. So you got that going for you. God's looked at you and said, very good. So you, can, you always have that. And he has satisfaction from his work in a similar way that some people, some of you love to do yard work. I don't understand you, but you do it. Like when you mow your yard and you get to the end, you're like, you look back, you're like, "Ah, oh, I've never had that. Experience. I've, I've mowed my yard a lot. I've never had that experience because it's just going to grow back. And uh, but, but some of you love it. And, and that's great. But but we're designed to work and have satisfaction in our work. And it's not like God just worked back then. He doesn't work anymore. Jesus, when he's on the planet, said, yeah, God, the father works all the time. And so does the son. He is always at work. It's actually unique to the God of the Bible, who we believe, of course, is God, the only God. But in every other religion, God is not a worker. It's demeaning. It seems too low for him. How could like, yeah, he orders people to work. He has people to do things, but he doesn't work. But not God. God of the Bible, God of the Bible is a worker and you and I are created in his image and actually created with the purpose of participating in the ongoing work of creation and work. And that's what we read in Genesis one, when he creates human beings, it says, then God said, let us, cause God is father, son, Holy spirit. That's who he's talking to. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness like us. So there's a lot there right away. We see that God as a worker creates you and me in his image and likeness, meaning we're created like he is, which means we're not just created. We also are made in his image as creators. We're creative. We're accomplishers. We're goal oriented. We're made to do stuff and find satisfaction in what we're involved in. And that's our purpose when it says that, hey, let's make man and all that in the NIV that we just read. It says, uh, let let them rule or let them subdue the earth. Let them rule over the earth. A better translation from Hebrew would be let us make man in our image so that they will rule. That, That the purpose that we're made in his image is so that we will rule and rule is not a way we normally talk, you know, but. Uh, But all that means is, is God is the ultimate ruler on this planet. He's the one that makes life work and makes sure everything. And he's asks you and me to partner with him. We've been created for this in all kinds of ways, all kinds of professions to make life work on this planet. And in fact, that's the mandate that he gives when he creates humans. He gives two mandates. One is be fruitful and increase in number. That's a fun activity. Have lots of babies, make babies. That's a good, you know, that's fun. Second is to. Rule over the rule over the planet, right? It, which it just simply means to make life work on this planet so that it, the planet and people on it can live as God wanted, can flourish on this planet. I mean, God created in six days and all that, but it's not like it's over. Everything was set up to begin into a arrange to make life work with all the professions we have. In order to make life work for everybody, I love Tim Cullors, who's an author and, and was a pastor. Um, uh, Tim Keller's definition of work coming out of this work is rearranging the raw material of God's creation in such a way that it helps the world in general and people in particular thrive and flourish. Meaning that what you do in your job is has a way bigger purpose than just getting a paycheck, just doing your thing so you can thank God it's Friday and get to the weekend. That whatever you do is connected to flourishing, to arranging this world in a way that people can thrive and flourish, at least most. I mean, if you're a drug dealer, you probably need to get a new job, right? That's not going to or, you know, you run a porn site that doesn't help anybody flourish. You you're you know, you're in a criminal syndicate, probably should get another job. Right. Well, you should get another job. But all I mean, most of us here, right? Really? Most. Of, I'll just say that most of us that come as your church. So you never know. But most of us. Um, I have, I have a job that we can connect and let's think about that a little bit connecting to this overall mandate because it's really important to do that because I think it's really easy in Christian circles to think that, um, oh, there's my wallet, by the way, I have an obnoxious wallet because I lose it. And, uh, and I've never, it's a kid's wallet, but it's the best thing I've ever bought because I don't lose it. So, um, but I'm going to put it down there and don't get so excited. There's nothing in there. So, uh. <laughs> Um, but it comes out of these pants. I forgot about that. Um, so I don't even know what I was talking about, uh, but, uh, um, oh, that's right. Connecting what we do to work. Okay. So connecting what we do to the mandate, right? So let's think about that a little bit because it's easy in Christian circles to think, wait a minute, I, um, you know, how I do my work matters, right? If I'm, if I represent Jesus well in the workplace, if I do it with integrity, you know, how I do my job matters. And what I do in church matters, but, but, but the, what I do at work really doesn't matter. Like God doesn't really care about that. I mean, I, I do, I mean, I, you know, I do code on a computer or I do whatever I do. Well, like like God doesn't give a flip about that, but he cares about how I do it at work and what I'm like, but I want us to rethink that because that's not biblical. That's not true. We need to understand is like what you do at work when you're writing code or you're leading whatever you're doing or whatever you're doing at work, stocking shelves, whatever, all that we do actually matters. It, it's part of the creative mandate. It's, it's part of helping life flourish on this planet. And it really does matter, which is why how we do it. We do it excellently as under the Lord really matters. Let me just illustrate that with with my family and the different jobs in my family. So my dad, who's in heaven now, but my dad uh, growing up was an engineer. He started a company that uh, a small company that, uh, developed instrumentation that is engaged in space flight. Pretty much everything that flies in space, they have instrumentation on, which is cool to think about, right? Because he helped, he was involved in helping us get to the moon. He was involved in all the space flight since then. And his company, which somebody else owns now, is still involved in that. And all the technologies that have helped life better, be better because of space flight and all that, he got to be part of, which is really cool. My mom uh, was in the fashion industry uh, she did fashion shows. She was a buyer. She was uh, a fashion coordinator for a chain of department stores. At uh, one time, she owned her own boutique. So she was in fashion, which means when I was a kid, I was in some fashion shows until I realized what I was doing. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, but it's not only about the function of clothing, which is important, but just beauty of design and making our world better and more beautiful. Right. That she got to be part of. Uh, My wife, Christy, is a swim teacher, which helps kids flourish in the water and be safe and enjoy that part of creation. One of my sons uh, helps people with their finances and investing and help flourish there. Another of my sons helps run a streaming company uh, that helps churches uh, stream to the Internet and stream to different campuses and helps businesses do the same and stay in connection uh, and communicate with each other. Um, one of my daughters in law uh, is an occupational therapist who helps kids uh, overcome different challenges they have and be able to thrive uh, in, in life. Um, she's also a mom of my granddaughter and arranges the world of she's a really good. Mom arranges the world of Eden to be a wonderful world and for her to grow and all the stuff that she's doing. My other daughter in law is a, a life coach and a relational a relationship coach and is helping people flourish that way. Right. And all of that is part of the mandate that goes all the way back to Genesis to make life work on this planet. I was talking with a Chase Oker um, who's been a friend for a long time. Uh, he's in, um, and he was he's starting a new company or a new business of like laser tag in Plano. And he wanted to talk to me just to say, man, I want to know how I can honor God with this business. And 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 he was like, had all these great ideas about Man, we we could let, you know, like law enforcement use it this way, we could, you know, do this with the prophets and all and it's like, man, that is awesome. It's an awesome way to think. You should think that way, how you treat your employees, all of it. But also let's just talk a little bit about how what you do itself matters. Like not just what you do with the money or who you let use it and for free and stuff. That's cool. But also just what you do is part of God's purposes in this world to help people flourish. I mean, think about it. What you do is you help connect people, friends and families and create memories and, 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 create connections. I mean, there's going to be people who go to your deal as a family and they're going to, they're for the next six months, they're going to talk about, Oh man, you remember when dad came around the corner and he thought nobody could see him and he lit up, you know, and all, I mean, all that's going to happen, right? It's like that, that what we do matters. It's part of the creation mandate, which elevates our purpose, right? We're there to help people flourish and thrive and to make our world work with all the different kinds of things that everybody does. And it's also the only way you and I can really flourish ourselves because we're created to work as human beings. That's part of our design. That's why we don't do well when we don't have some kind of purpose, when we're not accomplishing. I mean, you might think the ultimate would be to, for, to be, have a forever vacation, but humans don't do well with that. That's why people who win the lottery typically don't do very well after that in life. That's um, so why when a lot of people, if they retire with no volunteerism or no sense of purpose, they don't do very well. They've, all their life they've waited for this moment and then they, don't, they kind of start falling apart really quickly because we're designed to have... If you've ever been out of work, like, you know how painful that is. And I have. I remember uh, the first job when I got out of seminary, I remember moved to out of state. I quit the first day. Of a job that I got because it wasn't what they said it was going to be. I quit. I didn't have a job for seven months and it was the longest seven months of my life. Hated it because we're created to work. I mean, God did a lot of good things in that. And that, that's a unique opportunity in that struggle. But it is a struggle because we're created to work. That's how we flourish. That said, I also know that when you think, well, yeah, I got a job. I don't think I'm flourishing. My job's pretty frustrating. And there's a reason for that. And that gets us to the next part of the story. Yet yeah, creation were created with all that in mind. Adam and Eve were created to flourish in the work environment. But something happened. And that is the fall. When Adam and Eve sinned, that changed everything in this world, including work. Sin introduced futility in the workplace. When Adam and Eve were put in the garden, they had a job to do. That wasn't the curse. Now you got to work. You used to get on vacation all the time. Now you got to work. That's not the curse. The curse in Genesis, as we're going to read in a little bit, it's not that work is the curse, but work is cursed. Work now is part good, part really frustrating and futile, even the best jobs. And if you want to experience futility in the workplace, a fun way to do that is just to watch TV, the show, The Office. It's it's just great. The futility of office life. Here's some of my favorite Michael Scott quotes, just for fun. Uh, Would I rather be feared or loved? Easy, Both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. It's a great quote. Another one. Wikipedia is the best thing ever. Anyone in the world can write anything they want about any subject. So, you know, you're getting the best possible information. This one's a little sick. If I had a gun with two bullets and I was in a room with Hitler, Bin Laden and Toby, the HR guy, I would shoot Toby twice. That's terrible. I shouldn't say that one, but. It's just too funny. So uh, I right, But if you want to, if you, another way to experience futility in the workplace is get a job because even in the best work environment, I have, I have an incredible, I love my job. I really do. I love it, but it doesn't mean I love every moment of it. And there are times of futility and frustration because that's the story of work in Genesis three. We read about that after sin. God said this "Cursed is the ground because of you. Now, this sounds like it's just farmers that are cursed, but that's not the point in Genesis. It's all of work. All of the creation mandate of work now is going to be hard. Cursed is the ground because of you through painful toil. You will eat it. But all the days of your life, it will produce thorns and thistles for you and you will eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your brow. You will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken for dust. You are and into dust you will return. What it's saying is now work is going to be hard. Was it designed to be that? Was it designed to be frustrating? It was designed to be all joy, all fulfillment? We'll work in heaven; it'll be that way again. But for now, some of you are like, "What?" But anyway, uh, but for now, right? Work is partly good, you know, part of our and partly not so good. And that's why in, in Romans eight, it's a, that's that's true of a lot of things, by all of life. Like marriage is also singled out in the curse. Marriage is designed to be a wonderful thing. Doesn't mean you have to get married, but if you do get married. It's designed to bring joy and meaning, fulfillment right to life. But marriage is cursed, too. And that's why marriage is hard. And you did a good job of not saying amen right there. So because you, know, you may have been on your own. Amen. You <laughs> we'll try to live with him. But um, marriage is hard, right? Even it doesn't matter how it, it, marriages can be good, but it's not easy to sinful, self-oriented people trying to build this relationship together. That's other focus. That's not easy. Same way with work. It's good, but it's hard. It's difficult to make it good because of the curse. In Romans 8, Paul says that all creation groans under the curse. And that's why when we think about Monday, sometimes we go, ah, uh, groan. In fact, let's do it right now. Let's groan. Just go, ah, uh, oh, that was good. Yeah. Get that out of your system, right? And, and, there's, and that's why. Now, the good news is that's not the end of the story. Futility, frustration, that some days we're going to have bad days, some days we're going to have good days and life, you know, school, whatever is going to be hard. It's not the end of the story because God intervenes. One of the reasons Jesus came into the world, that's restoration, that God invites us to join him as restorers in the workplace. Here's what I mean by that. I mean, it's just theology. It's a story of the world that we find ourselves in. So when Jesus comes to this planet, Jesus is God and human who took on humanity, came here. He not only came to die on the cross for the sins of the world to reconcile us to relationship with God to do away with the guilt of sin. That's true, which is awesome. If that's all he came to do. That'd be awesome. But he also came to begin to reverse the curse and to restore to all of life on this planet what sin has ruined and what sin is continuing to ruin. To to move in with truth and love and light and all that to begin to restore what sin has taken away and to begin to reverse the curse after the fall. And when Jesus returns, the Bible says he'll make a new heaven and a new earth. And one of the things that's talked about there in the new heaven and new earth, it says there will no longer be any curse. The curse will be over and life will be all good. Relationships, all good work, all good, all of it. In the meantime, he started the process of he's at work. As restoring and redeeming and moving into darkness, moving into brokenness. And he's involving you and me as his people in that process. And therefore, one of the reasons that you have the job that you do and God has placed you where he's placed you is not only the creation mandate, make life flourish on this planet, but also his restoration work to restore to your work environment. If you're a student to restore to your school, where, wherever you are, to restore to your work environment, what sin is, has ruined. And to make it more like what it should have been and what it can be with whatever influence you have. So let's think about what that means a little bit. Again, it's just elevating our purpose at work. It's not just about doing my little thing and getting my paycheck and getting out of here. Now, we're there for a much bigger purpose than that. Now, some of you have a lot of influence and some of you have very little influence at work. I get that. So we're going to talk about the whole gamut. First, let's talk about those of you who have a good bit of influence, meaning Maybe you own the business or you run the company or you're an executive in the company or you manage a team or you are principal of a school or you uh, are some you do something in, you know, in our justice system or something. Where, wherever you work, like you have people that you have influence over and you have influence in the in the direction of the workplace. Well, Jesus says to whom much has been given, much will be required, meaning that's a stewardship, that influence that you have. It's not just there. So you get paid more and you get a better office. You're there from God's perspective to influence the work environment as a restorer and a redeemer. So what might that look like? Well, here's some of the things and we'll be talking about these in this series that that would look like to use your influence to cultivate an environment where people can express their unique gifting as a means to glorify God, helping people find joy, and meaning in their work. You have a huge responsibility with the people you manage to make sure they flourish at work. It's not that they're there for you. Not biblically, you're there for them. And what does it mean to to lead that way? We'll talk about that in the series. Choose integrity always, even when the right thing to do is costly. Influence the work environment to give equal opportunity and dignified treatment to everybody, to all workers, since we're all made in God's image. And God really cares about that one. And we'll talk about it. Encourage a perspective that sees the ultimate bottom line is not simply maximizing profits, but contributing to the common good. Um, That's different. But a lot more companies are waking up to that. I just I I just met uh, the CEO, Trisha Cunningham of the North Texas Food Bank. Uh, We've partnered with them for a long time, but just got to meet her this week. But her job before that was with executive of Texas Instruments as the chief citizenship officer, which is really cool. Her job was to say at every place that we have plants, at every place we have facilities, how are we making that community better? And she had real answers for like, they have a whole division focused on that. It's cool, right? And more and more companies are waking up to that. So that's really cool um, to do our own work as if God is our boss, because he is. We'll we'll look at that. in in Colossians, Ephesians, we're told that we ultimately work for him as unto the Lord is the phrase realizing that we represent him when we're on the job. So if you have influence, you're there as a restorer and redeemer to make that workplace what God originally intended that sin is kind of messed up so that people can flourish at work and that your company can make our world better with whatever influence you have to help steer it that way. Now, to help us do that and to think creatively, there's a an opportunity coming up. So if you are if you say, yeah, I'm a person with some influence, I manage a team, I do this or whatever. We're going to have a business leader roundtable on September 28th. It's designed to be the first one. We'll have several of these, but the first one is September 28th. Um, Business leader roundtable and business can be a little bit that it's not just like a company. If you are if you have leadership at a school in health and whatever it is, right, it doesn't matter what kind of company or what kind of thing it is. Um, and here's what we're going to do is so we're going to get people together. It's a roundtable to discuss, hey, how can we express our Christian faith with the influence that we have? And do and just do that well and learn from each other and encourage each other. Also get to know each other as well of peers who have some influence and responsibility in our in leadership in our different organizations. The first one, uh, there'll be time for a lot of time for interaction. But we will also be interviewing a guy to inject some uh, information in and some ideas. in. his name is Cliff Robinson. He is the chief people officer for Chick-fil-A. Because who else would we start with than Chick-fil-A? And uh, he's been gracious enough to come out. I've gotten to know him just a little bit. He's coming out from Atlanta to to be part of that process. It's going to be really great. And guess what we'll have for dinner? So you can't lose, right? So it's going to be great. So let me encourage you. You'll see more information about that. But others of you be like, hey, look, I don't have a lot of influence in my job. Like, I'm not the CEO of Target. I'm not the assistant manager of my store. I stock the shelves from midnight. To eight in the morning, that's what I do. You know, so I, or whatever your job is, right? It's just, I don't have a lot of influence, and I, you know, that's great. Chick fil A and all, talking about that, but I don't do, well, the Bible directly talks about that too. Ephesians 6, serve, do your job wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord. No matter what it is, mundane, doesn't matter. Not men. Because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does, because it's part of the creation mandate. Whatever you do, even think, oh, man, my job is so boring, so mundane. It doesn't matter. Do your work. Is that, you know who you know who he's talking to in Ephesians? He's talking to slaves. Now, slaves in the Roman Empire, not as oppressive as slavery in our culture. Not that long ago. But still, he's talking to people who were on the lower end of the totem pole. And he's saying, look, and and he says in, in first Corinthians, hey, if you can get out of slavery, great, because there was always, but while you're there, do your work as under the Lord and honor God and do your work well. I mean, that's at the bottom of the totem pole. And some of you, and it's tempting sometimes. Some of you are in jobs that you just hate and, and it's easy to not do it well because you think, oh man, it's just so boring. I just try to do the little bit I can and then get out of there. And that's a great way to stay in a cruddy job. You know, Jesus talked about it. He said, hey, if you want more responsibility, then be faithful where you are. Because that's who God is interested in giving responsibilities to, is people who are faithful. He said, if you're faithful in small things, then I'll, I'll give you more responsibility over bigger things. And if you want God to take notice of you and be involved in your career, then... Do your work well, even if it's not the dream job, even if it's a terrible job. If you had to take another job and you were doing something really cool and now you're not and you're underemployed and it's easy to get, you know, like have an attitude about that. I understand that. But do your work well as under the Lord. God will take notice of that. Of course, other people will, too. Like I had this uh, I had this experience this week. I, I went grocery shopping and uh, so I had my, you know, basket of groceries. There's six. There were six lanes, six, you know, lines to cashiers. And uh, I was pretty full, pretty, you know, it was, it was right after work, so it was kind of a busy time. So I do what I always do in choosing a line. I don't look at how many baskets, because that tends to work itself out. I just do a quick read of each of the cashiers, just look at them to see who seems to be kind of a on the ball cashier. Like somebody who's not just there punching the clock, but who is like on top of it, like with it. Because if I get in a line with somebody who's not into it, it drives me crazy and it takes forever and I want to fire them, and I'm not their manager. Right. And it just like I hate it. So I just don't it, it just gets me in a bad mood. So I always look for somebody who like really seems to love their job and is doing. It. So I picked well this night. This was Thursday night. I just like. Yeah. So I I, I went in. And there's this guy and he's, he's, he's fast. It was good. We were way ahead of these other people that I got. And then not only that, um, he's, he looks at what I got there. He looked at me in the eye, big smile and said, I hope, and he was genuine. He's like, I hope your day was an amazing day. And if it's, if it wasn't, I really hope it'll turn around soon. I was like, man, thanks. And then, you know, we, we kind of engage as he's doing the thing. And, and when it was over and I paid, he was like, "Thank you so much for choosing this store and choosing my line. You have a blessed day." And I walked out, lifted. I was like, "Man, I like this place. I'm going to come every day. In fact, I'm going to go back. I was going to get some chocolate, and I forgot. I'm going to go back. Yeah, you know, I, I just felt it felt so good to go through this guy's line, right? And what was he doing? He was doing his job well. I don't know if he's a believer or not. Sure, acted like it, but but he was lifting people's day, not just. Punching the clock and doing his thing, right? Everybody was walking away, lifted. I even stopped because I knew I was preaching on the I, you know, just watch other people go through and you just see it. Everybody's like, you know, you got a pep in their step, leaving his line because he's he's doing his work well as unto the Lord. And that's really the point of this first week. Is to understand that that what we're doing matters. Whether it's mundane or everybody's like, wow, it's amazing you get to do what you, whatever it is matters as part of helping life flourish on this planet, going all the way back to the creation mandate and as a restorer in the workplace to restore what sin has ruined and to help make it better. Whether we have a tiny little bit of influence or a lot, we ultimately work for God and we're part of his bigger mission. And what we do matters way more than maybe we've ever thought before. And so my goal is when we go back to work this week, that all of us, We'll just have a different oomph to it. I mean, my prayer really is that we would be so into it that other people would see the difference. Same way for those of you who are students at school and stuff. But that people would see the difference in the way you approach your classwork or if you're working or whatever you're doing, mom. And, and you know, you're among other moms, whatever it is, that people would notice the difference and be like, man, what, what got into you? Like, like you're walking around encouraging people. Like you're really like slow down a little bit. You're going to make me look bad. Like you're doing all this work. And, you know, and like, what's the deal? What, you know, and to be able to say, well, you know what? I I just realized a couple things. One is I work for God. He's my boss. It honors him when I do what I do well. And he'll reward me for it for eternity. And that's pretty cool thought. And I'm also a part of something much bigger. I didn't realize it, but my job is here to help people flourish in this world. And it's pretty cool to think about that. And uh, and so I, I really want to do it well. And that will honor God and make the day go a lot faster. Yeah, so that we, no problem getting to the end of the week and saying, thank God it's Friday. Because weekends are cool too. But also at the end of that weekend to say, you know, thank God it's Monday. It's not always easy. There's futility. There's frustration. I get that. But you know What? We get to be part of something pretty big and pretty cool. So let me uh, ask us all to join together in prayer and just commit our work life, our school life to God. Father, thank you that you're at work in this world. You invite us to be part of it, not just in what we do at church, but also what we do in our work environment, in our school environment. And you've placed us where you've placed us on purpose. We'll be talking about that in this series. And so God, help us be faithful. Help us to have joy and fulfillment and meaning. God, help us in the way that we do our work. Lift other people up. Help us represent you really well. And help us go back to work with a whole different kind of perspective and joy, knowing that we're part of of your creation mandate created to be able to help life thrive and flourish because of what we do every day. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.